This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So for today's episode, I have a very special guest, Girl Fit Method's newest assistant coach, Jana. How are you, Jana? Doing well, doing well. Thanks so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. I'm so excited to introduce you to everybody. So do you want to let us know a little bit about yourself? Um, I suppose why you got into the industry, why you wanted to become a coach um, and just a little bit about you. Absolutely. So I was always passionate about sports, fitness, health from a young age. I grew up playing a lot of different sports um, and I went to Purdue to study kinesiology, graduated um, back in 2019 and then got my certifications for both exercise physiology and personal training. Um, And just since then, I just feel like there's so, so much information out there that it's almost hard to it's hard to tell what's right, what's true and what's best for you. So my passion is really just educating different people on what might work for them and separating the real information from, from the not so real information. Yeah. That's why um, I love you (laughs) because that's exactly what we do here at GirlFit Method. And there is just so much misinformation. It's really overwhelming. Like when you are wanting to make a change or you're trying to, you know, get healthier, improve your diet, start exercising, it's almost like paralyzing trying to figure out who to listen to um, because there are so many like quote unquote experts in the space, right, that have completely different opinions And so how do you sift through what's true and what's not true? And I remember doing that for myself when I first started was like people just had, yeah, completely different opinions. And so, you know, having a obviously like an evidence-based approach, which is what we do, you know, we want to have some science backing up the kind of coaching that we provide for our girls and the information and knowledge um, so that we are giving them the most accurate and up-to-date information um, and just to take away all of that confusion from them. Um, yeah, so that's really fantastic. I suppose um, for today's episode, really wanted to get to know you a little bit more. And I suppose your story. Um, so should we kick it back all the way to young Jana? Um, what was it like growing up? Absolutely. So I had a really awesome upbringing. I grew up with two older brothers and younger sister. So big family. I was always active. I had amazing parents who supported me and really anything I kind of wanted to get into. Um, I guess it all kind of started, um, you know, body image, everything kind of from a young age and Um, when I look back it it almost makes me sad like I kind of want to give myself a a big hug and be like you don't have to think these way uh, think these things or feel this way Um, but I guess my my earliest memory of kind of feeling a little bit um, sensitive to what was going on around me was um, you know when I would weigh myself um, or when I would you know sit and you know when you sit and your legs expand 
And that's a very normal thing that happens to everyone because we have bodies <laughs> um, is, is that I would look at other people and start comparing myself. And that's kind of where, where, where that started. Um, and the, the funny thing was, was that I was never overweight. I grew up as a, just a naturally underweight kid. Um, so it wasn't, I kind of flew under the radar um, from everyone thinking that there was a bigger issue. Um, and, and so it almost kind of spiraled. So it just started, you know, probably back when I was in high school, early high school, where I would start exercising on top of the sports that I was playing. So I, I became a runner, um, which I loved running, but I would abuse running as an outlet for any stress or anxieties, um, and I would run every day and there would become this intense anxiety if I couldn't get in my run, um, or my workout. Um, and so that just kind of spiraled into a little bit of under eating and over exercising. Um, I feel like there are a lot of different components, um, also with food, you know, cutting out certain food groups saying this isn't healthy or I shouldn't be putting this into my body. Um, so just developing very unhealthy habits, um, that on the outside, you know, it looked quote unquote that I was just, you know, a very healthy individual. You know, when I started opening up to my friends, I had some who were like, I never knew, like, I'm so shocked. Like you have this, you know, um, you know, people look up to you as someone that they'd want to kind of, you know request workouts from or kind of look like and we just never knew that you were struggling with this so it kind of opened my eyes as well as something that hey you know what there's probably a lot of people feeling very similarly and I really want to open open the door yeah so can I ask like how old were you um like you were saying you started kind of doing over exercising and things like that what age did that all start so the over-exercising was probably started in ninth grade. Yeah. And were you primarily doing this because you thought that you were too big? Were you wanting to lose weight? Was that the reason or were you just wanting to change the way that your body looks? Like what was at the core of it? I think a little bit of everything. So definitely some body dysmorphia going on there. Um, I just thought that, you know, this, the scale really reflected my body, which we know that absolutely does not. But at the time, that's what I believed. Um, so I, I think a little bit of that and also just like physique wise, like I didn't want to have any fat on my body, like no fat. So where did that all start? Like, cause that's pretty young. And I suppose like, you know, like the media, I guess we are shown a lot of images of, you know, what we should look like from like, a really young age and I've got friends who have got kids in primary school you know maybe like six seven who are so self-aware now of their bodies and self-conscious which is like heartbreaking um and it's really sad because we you know it really shouldn't even be a thought for a child to even think that there's anything wrong with their body but I guess like for you I mean you were already a small person so do you feel like um you know, you're obviously a really high achiever. 
do you feel like you had elements of perfectionism that you set some expectations with the way that you looked and you needed to look a certain way in order to be, I guess, like deemed worthy or good enough? And that was really um, feeding the reason why you became quite obsessed with, you know, not eating enough or, or over-exercising? Absolutely. I was definitely trying to chase this image of perfection, whatever that looks like in my mind. And what I really remember kind of lighting the fire, you know, again, there's so many different, um, I think there's so many different triggers. So I don't really um, think that there's just one thing, but I do remember, you know, growing up as young as like, you know, eight um, and people would just say, um, their comments it was really the comments and they weren't negative comments which is the thing and and that's why I stress so hard I'm like don't comment on people's bodies even if it's like a positive um because people would be like oh like you're so skinny like you have no fat on you um those are literal quotes like you have no fat on you um you have no you have um you can eat whatever you want um like step on the scale like let's see how much you weigh or just like little comments like that. So then when my body did start to change and when I was stepping on the scale and seeing that number rate rise, um, it became anxiety inducing. It was like, am I not still all these things people are telling me and all those things are positive now engraved in my mind. Am I, am I not good enough now? And so I just didn't realize like, these are normal things you're supposed to change. Like you're you one you're still you know very thin and that's just the naturally the way my body is um but it just wasn't good enough and so that's when I started to think that oh that number on the scale is reflects kind of how how I am it's like you're getting praise for it right and then it becomes a part of your identity so you're seeing it as you know people are looking at you and complimenting you on that and so you feed off that energy right and that then forms a part of your confidence, right? That's like something that you think, oh, it's obviously good about you because people are recognizing that. And then the thought of losing that, it's kind of like, oh, well, who am I without that? And will I be good enough without that? Um, It's really funny because I, I mean, I'm similar. I was pretty small. Like I've been small my whole life. Um, I just have, and that's my build. And I think, you, you know, I talk about this a lot. Genetics play a really big role. And there are some people that just carry extra fat on them. And it's not that they don't eat well. It's not like they're, you know, lazy. It's just that that's their build, right? And that is just where their body likes to sit. And I remember when I was pregnant with Sunny, getting so many comments from people saying, oh, you're going to bounce back. Like, you're going to bounce back. You're so small. You're going to bounce back. And I felt so much pressure. I was like, what happens if I don't bounce back? <laughs> what happens <laughs> if I gain all this weight? Like, am I going to disappoint people? You know, like so right. much pressure is put on you from others by those comments when that should not have, I mean, that frustrates me anyway, and that's a totally different subject. But, you know, that shouldn't be the primary um, thought from someone when you're growing a human it should be uh how are you doing like are you feeling good how's the baby is the baby healthy not are you going to be skinny after you give birth (laughs) but it's even it's even for females like why do we feel the need to always compliment on the way that we look and I think you know a part of us you know we're visual creatures and I love seeing like 
I think we all do. We all like looking at people that look really good. Like whether that's a girl who, yeah, like her body is incredible and there are some amazing physiques that you can really just go, wow, that you look incredible, right? Or like the way that someone dresses, like they carry themselves really well. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there is an obsession with the way that we look. And when you are continuously told throughout your life that quote unquote, like skinny is, you know, I guess ideal, right? Like, and oh gosh, like if you were to gain weight, that's kind of the end of the world then that's how it just gets so ingrained in us. And it's almost like the worst thing that could happen is for you to get bigger, which is so inaccurate. And like you were saying, as you make that transition from a young girl into a woman, your body changes. It just changes. You will have more body fat. Like you are going to widen, like your hips get wider. It's just you you change from being that like child to a woman. And that can be a really hard transition for most girls. And it's not that you're gaining like bad weight because you're eating too much it's just that you are turning into a woman Mm -hmm. yeah right exactly exactly and and to your point I mean there's such um an emphasis on the way that we look it's almost like you can have such other amazing qualities you can be the coolest person you can be the best artist in your group you can be the fastest runner on your team but it's like it almost gets overshadowed, you know, it's like all this pressure and it's like, you'll take this ideal thinness over any of those things at the time. And it's a real sickness and it it really plays with you. And I would argue that for me, at least personally, it wasn't that I was showing signs that, you know, the reason why I slid under the radar for so long is because on the outside, I didn't look sick but it was really the mental aspect of it all, the constant worrying every day. It's, it's almost like a shadow. It never leaves your side. It's just like, you're always thinking about it. That it's really the mental aspect that took really the biggest toll. Um, and then obviously leading to my body taking a hit from it as well. Yeah. And that's what we're going to delve into now. Um, but I just wanted to make a note on that. It's a really good point that you just brought up where people think if you have an eating disorder, you've got to be, you know, like looking like a skeleton and super, super thin. That's really incorrect. Like you can have an eating disorder and be suffering from an eating disorder at any size. And it doesn't make it less severe if you've got more fat on you, because a lot of it is just the mental anguish. And it's it can feel torturous sometimes because there's no escaping that negative little voice in your head telling you you're not good enough. And just the relentless, like, really just negative self-talk and obsession with food um and that can happen at any at any point at any weight um so that's really good that you brought that up because I think sometimes people think that if they're not super skinny then maybe their you know their eating disorder or disordered eating isn't as serious and and that's just not the case but Let's have a chat now about, yeah, I guess what happened with your body. So how long were you kind of mistreating your body like this? Oh, it kills me to say, but I was mistreating it for so long from, you know, ninth grade all the way to probably a year to outside of college. So probably up until last year. Um, and the crazy thing is, is that people would come to me for, for eating advice or 
working out advice and I would never tell them what I like. Um, I would never give them advice based off of what I was doing. Like I, I knew the protocols. I knew it was right. I, I knew how to do all these things. It was one of those things. Why was I doing it to myself? And so it's a very long time. And um, because I was on the pill, it was almost masking how bad it probably was um, because I was getting a fake period. Um, and so it wasn't until, you know, after college and I'm just naturally someone that I prefer not to really take anything when, when I have a headache or, you know, I just like to try and use natural remedies as my first line of defense. Um, so after college, I just like made a decision for myself. I was like, I don't want to take anything right now. I'm going to just like see how my body feels naturally and kind of take things from there. So um, I stopped it and then I realized, you know, I wasn't getting a period. And so I reached out to my doctor, had a lot of conversations. Um, they tested my blood and they came back um, telling me that I had HA. Um, and of course, they're, um, they ask a lot of questions. They ask about your diet, your um, exercise. And, you know, that was the day that I heard the two scariest things in my life, you know, stop exercising and eat more um, and eat more fats, three things. <laughs> um, and, you know, still at the time, I wasn't running every day. Um, I'd kind of cut back and I was working in strength training at the time, but um, I never saw a life without me running. Like I thought I would just run till the end of my life. <laughs> I thought I was just going to run every day. Um, so yeah, those, that, that day kind of really, really shocked me. Oh, it is. <laughs> it's hard. I think for anyone to actually hear, even if you've got a fairly healthy relationship with food, I think being told, you know, in particular, like exercise is such a, a stress relief and we rely on it so much for that, you know, on top of the fact that you were using it to um, really control your weight as well it's very scary it's like the worst thing that you could think of right and then you're at this crossroads where you think okay so I've got two options I continue on with what I'm doing and I just accept that okay I'm not gonna have I'm not gonna be healthy but I might weigh a certain amount um, and I have to be okay with that or I have to get super uncomfortable and do the hard thing for my health um and how quickly did you make that decision so that's a great question so at first I was like I was just in that state of denial I was like nope no way that's not for me thank you my body will sort it out <laughs> and then I just um just kind of the more I was talking to the professional she was just like maybe you should it just opened my eyes to just so much more. It wasn't just about, you know, chasing this idea of thinness and being quote unquote healthy. I was just realizing just how much damage I was doing to my body. And I work so hard to be healthy. You know, I, 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 you know, I work out to feel good as well. And I also try to eat to feel my body. And the fact that I had just been essentially hurting my body all this time, I was like, wow, like I need to make a change. You know, I, I don't want osteoporosis. I, I would like to have the choice to have kids someday. Um, and my body deserves better, you know, um, my body deserves better. So it was probably, you know, 
probably that day that I was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to make small changes. I can't do it all at once. It's not going to, it's going to blow up in my face if I try to, you know, increase a thousand calories and, or that's not the actual number, but, you know, increase, you know, X amount of calories, um, stop exercising completely. So I took it day by day. And, you know, like I mentioned, it's really a mental thing for, for me more than anything. And so I had days where I was like, no, it's, it's not going to work. <laughs> um, but it was just that constant battle of fighting that inner voice. So again, just took it step by step. I started by saying, okay, I'm only going to run this many days a week. Um, and I'm going to allow myself this many rest days. Um, I'm going to, you know, make sure I'm eating this amount of fats during the day. I'm going to increase it by, you know, start with increasing it by one more spoonful of peanut butter a day. Um, just those small changes. And um, what's really cool is that I was able to explore different, different methods of exercise. You know, I realized that I do enjoy strength training and maybe I didn't enjoy running as much as I told myself I did, or, or maybe it was that I enjoyed it, but I was just pushing myself past the limits of unenjoyment. Um, but you know, I fell in love with yoga and for the past year and a half, I've been, I've been practicing and, um, just, and there was a time where that's all I did. I did yoga and walking. Um, but you know, even, even now I I have to be honest, there are still days where, where that voice creeps in my head and I'm like, like, shouldn't be, shouldn't be doing that or shouldn't be eating that, or you should really go on a walk or move your body today. And it's like, nope. Nope, my body's done enough for me. <laughs> yeah. I think like with with all of those beliefs that you have, they don't go away overnight. And they take it takes time and almost practice to kind of um really counteract them with other thoughts. And I'll draw on my experience as well because I also suffered from HA and did come from a restrictive eating and over-exercising past as well. And when you've done it for so many years, like breaking a habit takes time Um, and you will have those thoughts. But it's about really understanding that you have the choice to either choose to believe those thoughts and let those thoughts really control you and your decisions or you decide for yourself that you want a different kind of life and you have the ability to be able to choose what kind of life you want. And that comes down to choosing the thoughts that you think because the thoughts that you think will influence the actions that you take. Um, And so, you know, it's not an easy process. It is hard, um, but chipping away at it, it becomes easier over time. So, Okay, so you started to really decrease, it sounds like, your exercise to the point where you're really just focusing on yoga, walking, um, and I'm assuming you started to increase your calories and the amount of food that you were consuming. Did you get to a point where it felt easier? And um, I suppose, like, I can, looking back at my situation, I remember always feeling so exhausted and feeling so hungry that when I started to make those changes, it was amazing how much energy I had now and how much better I felt and I wasn't exhausted or injured all the time. Um, Was there a point where you were able to kind of stop and reflect back on how far you'd come? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, I couldn't have said it better Um, before. It was like you're cold all the time. You're constantly thinking about food. Um, You're constantly worrying and planning out your meals. And 
it definitely got easier once I decided to make that switch. You know, um, the initial switch was probably the hardest thing, like taking that leap of faith and jumping in. Um, but, you know, once once you do it and you're starting to realize how much energy you have, you're not in a bad mood. I feel like I was I was low key kind of testy all the time. And um, and you're you're realizing, you know, you're falling in love with food again. You're 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 eating more and it definitely got easier and it gets easier. Um, and you just I feel like you appreciate your body so much more for what it does for you and that positive reinforcement is such key. Um, you know, it's not easy to do and, and you don't have to be perfect with it. But even if, you know, you're looking at yourself in the mirror and your first thought is like, oh, I hate the way this looks. Just being like, nope, nope. I love the way that, you know, for example, like I love how my legs allow me to walk this many miles a day. Like it's so awesome how, you know, I can do this many push-ups. So definitely just, you know, it's hard to, and you don't have to be perfect with it, but just always trying to start your day and maybe end your day with those positive reinforcements. And I think it's something that you can actually just set goals for yourself. Um, you know, I felt, I feel like setting small goals for myself has been probably the best thing I could have done during this whole transition process and just remembering that it's not going to be perfect and that's okay. There might be setbacks, but what's important is to not fall off completely. Yeah. I love that. That is so true. And I'm just thinking about how we implement all of that at GirlFit Method, you know, like the gratitude in the morning and in the evening. I always tell my girls, they have to speak into existence what they want to believe, whether they believe it now or not it's not going to change unless you start to speak it. Um, and that can feel really uncomfortable, but the more that you do it, you will actually start to believe what you're saying. Um, and yeah, like not feeling like you do need to do things perfectly. I think that's the biggest culprit of people giving up and feeling like they've failed. And then that really affecting their confidence is that they set this expectation, especially girls that a lot of girls that have HA because of over-exercising and under-eating are perfectionists. They're very ambitious. They're hardworking. They're motivated. And they put really unrealistic expectations on themselves. And so even when they're doing this process of wanting to recover, they put those expectations once again on themselves. And if they don't feel they reach it or they have a bad day, um, then they've failed when really it's just about making small changes, including, you know, new habits into your day. Those are the things that build up to big change. And, and just to understand that it doesn't happen overnight, right? It takes time. Um, so, okay, if you had um, a girl listening right now who was in, situation that you have that you were you know uh, a few years ago what would be your top three um, pieces of advice for her I think my top three pieces of advice would be you know it would come down to really the why behind everything kind of dissecting the different parts because there there's so many different different parts of it I, I really believe that there's not just one cause and that it's just kind of a buildup of so many things so um, is just like the first one is to definitely seek help. And it can be really scary to open up to people, especially when you're someone that's, that wants to present as just like someone who, who is perfect and is chasing that, that vision of being perfect. Um, even if it's just a friend, um, even if it's a stranger, just open up to one person 
um, because that usually leads into being able to find some sort of help, whether that's, you know, um, reaching out to your doctor or finding a therapist or a nutrition coach. Um, I think that's super important. Um, the second thing would be that you deserve to feel good. You deserve to eat and you deserve to work out, um, in ways that really help your body. Um, so I definitely encourage you to seek out that help, however that is. And then the third piece of advice would just be to set those little goals for yourself. Um, again, even if you don't want to start right away, the goal can be as simple as I'm going to reach out to my doctor on this date, or, you know, I'm going to give myself this many rest days a week. Um, just start small and, um, and I think that you'll find a lot of success in not having to jump in right away. Love that. They are three amazing tips. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I loved it. And we're so excited to have you a part of the team as well. Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you, what your Instagram account handle is? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on in underscore forma underscore fit. Um, underscore, I believe there's, it's kind of confusing, but <laughs> we can link it. And, um, so you can find me there. Um, but please feel free to reach out anytime. I love answering questions. I love just opening the door for conversation. Um, so yeah. So if you do want to get in contact with Jana, I will have all of her social media links in the episode notes. Um, but thank you so much again, Jana. Thank you so much. I, I love this team. I love being a part of something bigger than myself. And I look forward to working with everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, guys. I know that this is a really popular topic because so many women deal with this. So if you found it valuable and you think that someone will benefit from it, take a screenshot of it, share it on your stories um, and let's spread the word. You do not need to be stuck in a situation where food controls you, exercise controls you, um, and that it has a really negative effect on your health. If you have any questions, make sure you just reach out um, to either myself or to Jana or our other assistant coach, Vanessa. We would be more than happy to help you out. All right, guys, that is it from me. Big love, Coach Tash.